Sleep. 
we thank you that if you did nothing else for us, you have already done it all. You did it all when you gave your life on that cross and rose again three days later and gave us the same victory over death. You have already conquered it. And so, Lord, I don't, whatever people in this room are going through in their lives right now, Father, good or bad times, valleys or deserts, Lord, we pr I just pray, Father, that we remember what you've done for us, that you've already done enough. And we thank you, Father, for the promise of more, the promise that you are coming again. you Lord and we thank you we
God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken your city. Made a way. 
just go around and greet some of your family of faith and kids, you are dismissed. All right, we'll do this one. Hey, turn me down a little bit on this one, Tom. We'll use this one today. My, my belt pack is not cooperating. It's good to have you today. It's always a good day to come to church, amen? All right, I know they're checking kids in kids' church. We'll give them a second to get back. But if you're new with us today, uh, in the seat in front of you, there should be uh, one of these Connect cards. If you fill that out for me and bring it up to Margaret, wave your hand around. She has something for you, but if you give that in after church, it's just a way to connect with you. I promise you we won't bombard you, give your information out, or any of that kind of stuff. It's just a way to connect with you and uh, all that kind of good stuff. It's great to have you today here at Only Believe, and we're always excited to come together. And we're, we're simply a family of faith learning to live the Jesus way together. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, as we're checking in, Kids Church will take up tithe and offering in just a second. Uh, a couple quick announcements for you. I say a couple. I probably got four or five, actually. Uh, first thing is, um, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Right when church is over today, if you're part of the Greeter Dream Team, um, please, right after church, as soon as we're done, if you come down here, I got to talk to you just for about 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. So if you're on the Greeter Team, uh, let's have a quick meeting after church. Uh, don't forget, every Monday night from 6 to 7 right here, we have church-wide prayer. We're a church who prays. We believe in prayer. If we don't pray, then all the other stuff that we do, why are we trying, right? We have got to involve God in everything that we're up to. And it's not just what we're up to, but getting in on what he's up to. And that's what prayer is about. So church-wide prayer every Monday from 6 to 7 right here. So come on out tomorrow night. 
uh, next Sunday, uh, water baptism. So if you've never been water baptized according to the scriptures, and we do so as they, uh, uh, it's inward change, but it is an outward testimony what God has done right here. And, and it's for the community of believers uh, to, to witness this, and it's an exclamation point on what God is doing in your life. So if you've never been water baptized and would like to do so, there's a sign-up sheet at the back there. Please get your name on that. We're planning on it next Sunday if we have people signed up, so please sign up. Uh, don't forget, October the 8th, not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday, we have a women's bonfire. Right, Margo? So that's at 6 o'clock. It's actually at our place. Uh, so if you sign up, I know they're, they're planning on gathering together here in carpooling, so go ahead and sign up in the back, and Samara is going to handle the carpooling situation, correct? Be here at 5, okay? And it's about, we actually live a little bit of ways from here, we're about 45-minute drive, so uh, see Samara, but meet at 5, that way uh, we can figure that out and get carpooled together for that. Also, um, they had a sign-up for... Um, an outing at Midwest shooting up in Crydersville. So, so uh, some people are going to get together and go do that. So if you're interested in that, you signed up for that, uh, please, right after church, Tom, wave your hand around. He's back at the soundboard. There's a meeting with Tom after church. Now, if you're a greeter but also signed up for that, come to the greeter meeting. Then we'll get you with Tom after that, okay? So other than that, let's take up tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prep it. Offering envelopes in the chair in front of you or... Wave your hand around and one of the ushers will help you out. But uh, we give simply because God is changing us. Isn't that right? I got you. You are going to be the most special announcement right after offering, but I got you right now. Joy Fellowship is tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, that's for our 55 and up crowd. It's a small group. But you, you can, anybody can come, so bring some food to that. And if you have questions, see Bill and Patsy. All right. So uh, we're, we're giving because God is changing us. And he's making us into something. And all the things that, that the scriptures have us do is not always just because it's something you do, but because it's something that's happening in here because you're participating in what God is saying. Believe that? That God is taking you somewhere. See, see when you give your life to God, you give your life to Jesus, then he's got a somewhere for you to go. And he's going to take you somewhere. Part of that is living in obedience. Life changes because we learn how to obey right? When it comes to giving, God is changing you because, and, and it's actually what we'll be talking about the message today, it is not a way of living that is self-focused. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life turns you outward, not to yourself, but then out here, because that's the nature of God, because God is a what? He's a giver. Jesus came not to serve, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen? So we are being taught how to be Christ-like in our nature. And one of the things that happens when we learn how to give, it takes the focus off of ourself and then puts our focus out here. It's not just your tithe and offering in church, but it's about living life out here that we are people who learn how to give in all facets, all phases of our life. Amen? You believe that? All right, let's pray over your tithe and offering. If you have something this morning, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to give extension and part of our worship today. As the tithe is, is unto you, the increase of our life, Lord. And we thank you for the blessings of our life, the increase that you have brought as we live in faith in what you are doing. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. All right, bring it down if you have it. And while they're doing that, if you've got your Bibles, you can get them out.
and we're going to go to the book of Colossians today. We just finished up uh, a four-week series talking about sharing your faith. That we are not people, again, who are inward focused, but all the things that God does, he wants us to take it outward. So your salvation is not a privatized savior that I keep to myself. But once I have been saved, then there is something in our salvation that causes us to go outward with what God is doing in my life. I believe that. I don't want to keep Jesus to myself. If he is everything that I believe he is, if he does everything that I believe that he's going to do, if he has done everything he has done, then I stand in that in a way that I want people to know what God is doing. Amen? Are we alive today? I want to make sure. So grab, grab your neighbor, shake him around, you know, wake him up a little bit. Give, give him a little elbow if you have to. All right, we'll just make sure we're alive today. We believe in you. And uh, we believe that God is going to do everything that he says he's going to do. And I believe that is, is a work for you. And I believe that God is going to fulfill all things in you. And I believe he's going to complete the work that he has begun. And I believe as we walk with him and live life with him, as he is as the one that we follow in how we live everyday life, that God is going to do all the things that he asks, not only for, for us to do, but uh, in the things that he has said he's going to accomplish. I believe that, and I believe in you. And with this whole idea of, of sharing our faith, that, again, we don't keep inwardly what God is doing, but we're out there as part of being a light in this world. There's another aspect I want to talk about as, as being outward, and it has to do with us together, how we live life as a family of faith together. So Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 1, if you'll turn there. Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Colossae. And he says, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. And in this, I like this, abounding in thanksgiving. The desires that the Apostle Paul has for those that are gathering as a church, as a family of faith, as believers together, responding to the call of Jesus in their life. Paul often, when he writes things, he gets a little dense. He says a lot of stuff in a, in a short amount of space there. 
But what we see here is Paul is interested in the encouragement and the strength of the church as they gather together. But what I love there, and this is, this is kind of a point I, I want to start off with this morning, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for all those in Laodicea. Now look, put this up on the screen, that we would be a people that would struggle for each other. Can, can you imagine a family of faith that gathers together, that we would struggle for one another, as Paul is saying he struggles for those that he's writing this letter to. Now, now the context of that struggle is probably in his prayer. But think about a people that desire the goodness of others in such a way it causes us to struggle for them. Think about that. Now, you have to think most people, and it's our human nature, we are super self-focused, me-focused. But what Paul is saying, what the church needs to do is we got to move from being me-focused to us-focused. From being sort of selfish to selfless. He wants us to move from uh, kind of being consumer in nature where I just take in and, and, and get what I want to get and, and what, what, what have you done for me lately and turning out to being a giver. That the nature that's being built in us is not just solely focused on me. Now, see, when we, we talk about sharing your faith, you really need to live that way out there because it's not about getting what you want and achieving what you want and winning the rat race, you know. But what is it that you can do to be a light for Jesus in our society? But then when we come together and gather as a family of faith, the same attitude should be here. That I'm not just in church for me, just to get what I want just to get what I need. Now, we hope you do. We hope you are being built up and you're being strengthened and you're being encouraged and you're growing, that Jesus is taking you somewhere. But that's not the sole focus of the gathering of a family of faith. That we would be people that are outward focused even to the step of struggling for one another. But listen, when, I, when you struggle for something, there is a focus to it. When, when there are obstacles to it, you work to overcome the obstacles, right? I, I know when I personally have struggled with things, the, the, the struggle it was real in the sense that something was happening that caused a struggle. In other words, life just wasn't simply easy. A struggle happened. But if you think about that for other people, that we would go to the lengths necessary to see the things we're about ready to highlight that Paul said, that even if it's a struggle for you to see those happen, you're willing to do it because you're not so inward focused. See, Christianity, at the end of the day, whether, whether it's personally or how we do church together, can never be consumer focused. It's not, you know, so 
let's be honest. So if, if you came to church and you're consumer focused, how you approach the, what's happening in church is, oh man, that first song was good, but I hated the second one. I don't like the second one, so I just didn't worship. That was my protest. I didn't like it. And the third one was okay, so then I participated again. Right? And man, you know what? The, the pastor's mic, there was something wrong with it. Can they just not get things together in this place? My gosh, what's wrong with these people? Give me a break. That just, that's just frustrating me. And then, then, then you like this part of it, but you didn't like this part of it. And you see what I'm saying? It's, it's all about how you felt about it, what you liked and what you didn't like. Therefore, now I have these big, giant opinions about everything. Now, now it's okay, and I'll be honest with you. Listen to me. Can I be really honest with you 100%? Where's Samara at? Probably out with the baby. I don't necessarily love every song that we sing. Can I be honest? but I still worship. You know why? It's not about me. Worship's not about me. Who, who's worship about? God, right? It's, it's not about me. Are there things that I see that happen and need fixed? So I, do I want to fix this microphone mess by our next? Yeah, I do, certainly. I, I don't want it to be this way. I don't like it. But I'm not going to brood about it and get upset about it, complain about it, and get mad at the sound people about it and yell at them about it, you know? It's not about consumer way of approaching life. And when we come to church, it's not about that. You, you can have opinions. You can have things you can share with me that, that bug you. I don't care. That's fine. But at the end of the day, it's not always specifically about you. Isn't that right? Now, when we come to church... We're here not just for what God will do in me, but I am very, very concerned about what God will do for other people to the point that I will struggle to see God touch somebody else in a way that only God can do it. You, you think about this. When you are struggling for other people, it's very hard to stay offended about stuff. When you're concerned for the good of somebody else, it's very hard to keep a grudge because something happened. As a matter of fact, when you're struggling for somebody else, you end up being a person that's easy to forgive, easy to move on, easy to go out of your way. The Bible talks about things like forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven you. It talks about bearing one another's burdens. These things happen only because... We're interested in other people. Christianity, at the end of the day, is not self-centered and self-focused. And by the way, you can't do it from a distance. You can't struggle for somebody when they're way over there and you, you're just happy to wave at them and say hi and head your way. You know that? that that's why when we have values in our church that we... We, we value that, that we live by faith. And that second value as a church that we have is we value relationships. That value is important because we need to learn to value one another in such a way, that, as Paul says, that we would struggle for each other. So you struggle for somebody in prayer. You struggle for somebody when they have a struggle themselves, you help bear their burden. You struggle for somebody that you'd be willing to encourage them. Go out of your way 
for other people. So I want you to share Jesus when you're not here, but when we come together here, I want us to have that attitude that we're a people that come together and we're for one another. So, so look at some of the things that, that Paul writes. Let's go back to it. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding of the knowledge of, of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And jumping down, down to the last part of verse 5 there, in the firmness of your faith in Christ. So you can put that second slide up, Lila. Here's some things to, to highlight about what Paul's saying. So in your struggle for other people, that you struggle that they are encouraged, that you struggle that we're united together properly, we struggle for one another so there is an understanding of Jesus in their life, and in that, that they stand firm in their faith. You see that? That we would be about these things, listen, for other people. So what are we doing as a family of faith to help see these things in those around us? Now, I understand you say, well, that's your job, and point at me. That's your job, right? It's your job to encourage people. It's your well, yeah, it is. It's part of my job. But it's not all my job. That we as a people that value relationships with one another will want to see this for other people. So when you come to church, is there a part of your thinking that I hope somebody else today besides myself is encouraged? That, that word encouraged, by the way, literally means to, to draw close to you. In other words, it's I am here. I'm, I'm in relationship with you in such a way that, that I'm a comfort to you. That's what that word means, encourage. So, so are we the kind of people that when we come together, you're doing something to encourage one another? See, I have a, I have a it's not, not a goal, but, but something that, that I personally have worked on for a long time. I want, not for the sake of just doing it, but because of what it produces, I want... Anybody who spends any amount of time with me to leave encouraged. That's my goal. That's what I want to see. I want to be the kind of person that if you just spend any kind of time with me, that there's some sort of encouragement in that time with me. You see what I'm saying? You, you can't be that way when you're self-focused. Because what happens in relationships when you're self-focused, you're just drawing from there. What does the relationship do for me? What does this relationship do for me? But if you stop thinking that way and start thinking, but what can I be to somebody else, you'll end up being somebody who's an encourager. You see that? And the second thing there, that we're united, and, and Paul writes what's important about this, you can't be united unless we are people of what? Love. Remember the second great command tied right to the first one, that we love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, now, 
sometimes, again, when, when we say this, love God with everything you have, love your neighbors yourself, that gets so big we don't apply it, apply it practically. So when you come in, into a setting of believers, and this, is, this is the way of life no matter where you are, but in a setting of believers, what are you doing to ensure the unity of faith because of how much you love somebody? Now, now, what does the enemy desire most in a church setting? Division. Problems. Murmuring, complaining, griping and groaning, mad at this person, upset at this person, offended at this person, right? Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. We're not a big, giant church, but when there's enough people here, things can happen, you can get offended. Let's be honest, because we're not perfect right? But what are you going to do in those moments to ensure the unity of Jesus in this place because you love somebody? And you'll do what's necessary to struggle for it, right? Then, then beyond that, that we help each other in the growth and understanding of Jesus, that we are here to build one another up in faith, to help one another grow in our understanding so it gets in our hearts, so life change is happening. We are about life change in this place. And, and this last thing, that we are standing firm in faith together. What are you doing to ensure that those around you are standing firm in their faith? So outward focus. That, that's what we're looking for in this house. But he goes on to say some more things. So let's keep reading here. Verse number six. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus is Lord. So, so walk in him, rooted and built up in, in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Here's another little list of things that Paul is adding to the things he just said. So my desire is that on that, that first list we had there that Paul had, that you are working towards those ends with those that are here. Now, let's be honest, okay? So we spent a whole month talking about sharing your faith, practical ways, what it means to share Jesus out here. What good is it to share your faith with somebody, see them come to know Jesus, bring them to church, and then be everything opposite of what we just talked about? That wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? That they'd come into a family of faith, and there's not unity here. We're not encouraging one another. We're not building each other up, right? But we learn to struggle for that. So my desire, and you can put that last slide up, slide it back there. My desire is for each one of you to be this right here. My desire is that each day you are walking with Jesus. That's what Paul's writing here, that we walk with him. That's my desire for you. My encouragement to you is that every single day learn what it means to walk with Jesus. What does that mean? We'll get up and give your day to him and follow him. Live by the Spirit and step with the Spirit, right? My desire for you is that you're rooted in him, strong in him. 
build up in him, continuing to be built in him. That's my desire for you. My desire for you is that you're established. Again, it's another way of being strong, staying strong. You know, there's some, we're in hurricane season, so you see these, these hurricanes that are, that are coming up the coast. They're, they're ravaging, making all sorts of destruction. That the hurricane force of something comes to your life, you are rooted and built up and established in such a way that you will not be moved. Because life does happen. Amen. And in all of these things, that there's an overflowing of thankfulness in your life. That's a big one right there. That you learn what it means to live in the joy of your salvation. Do you have a joy in your life because you've been saved? I hope so. That the fact that not only what Jesus did for me, but what it is doing in my life, there's an overflow of thankfulness because I've been set free from sin. I've been forgiven from sin. There is a change. There's a difference in my life because of that. I am not the same person. Therefore, thankfulness overflows from my life. See, th this is another way Paul talks about the Christian life. That every day we're walking with Jesus, every day. In that the roots of our life in him are growing and they're, they're, they're getting stronger, built up in him. In that we're established in who he is. And because of that whole big deal, then, then I'm thankful. That's my desire for you. But again, that we would struggle in such a way in this for others. See, John, John, chapter, John chapter number 13. If you'll turn there, the Gospel of John. Another way that, that we can see that the attitude of, of what we're talking about here. John chapter 13. And verse number one, it says, Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own that were in the world, watch this, he loved them to the end. So during supper, when the devil had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my, also my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Then Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered him, If I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except his feet but is completely clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that's why he said not all of you are clean. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? 
You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. For truly, truly, I say, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you do these things, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You see that? What is, and, and I, I know the church talks a lot about blessing. And if I ask y'all, how many of y'all want to be blessed? Yeah, everybody would go. So how many of y'all would want to be blessed? Everybody wants to be blessed. But Jesus says, one of the ways that you are blessed in this world is how well you serve other people. One of the ways that the blessings of God abounds in your life is by how you serve other people. That our master and our savior, the one who, he, he was there and all things were created through him. He then came and took on bodily form to die on a cross for our sins. He sets an example of what it means to be among other people, to be among the gathering of believers, that we would be such a servant, looking out for other people in such a way that we would literally, in humility, be able to wash somebody's feet. You know, I, I do a lot of uh, leadership training and uh, things of that nature, and, and what we call leadership in the church is much different than leadership in society, right? And I always say this, if you're leading a team or a group of people, but you're not willing to wash the feet of the team that you lead, you shouldn't be leading the team because you missed the idea of what it means to lead. See that? That we would be people that care outwardly in such a way that our attitude is like that. That's what the house of God should look like that we're willing to share our faith out there, but then come in here and serve one another. That's the Christian life. You see, the Christian life is not about conquering and getting your way. The Christian life is, in a subversive way, being a servant in the way Jesus did, and that's how the message of the kingdom goes forth. And if, if we can't, listen, if we can't live like the kingdom in the church, my goodness, what are we doing? And remember, it's something we say here every now and then. If somebody that doesn't know Jesus and has no idea about things like we're talking about, but they just got around the church a little bit, that they would look at the people in this church, regular, ordinary, everyday people just like us, and no, they wouldn't say it like this because this wouldn't be in their vocabulary. They would say something to the effect of, wow, the kingdom has really come. Because I see how these people treat one another. I see how they, they love one another. I see how they forgive one another. I see how they have patience with one another. I see how when there are problems, they work it out in a way that's honoring of God, right? I, I see this. There's something about that. 
What is that? Well, that's Jesus. Because that's who he was. And that's who we are being built in to be like. Right? See, the, the, the flourishing of the Christian life, and it happens in the midst of a lost world, the tensions in a lost world, a loud and an angry world, in the midst of pain and possible persecution, disappointments, just the things that happen in life. That Christian life that's working in you is always in part to be a source for other people. See, the church, the gathering of the followers of Jesus is to be a source of that kind of life. That we can be a part of the strengthening, the establishment, the pressing on in the lives of others. To give of that way is to give of the Spirit. Did you realize that every time you simply encourage somebody, you're giving of life of the Spirit, you know that? Because does the Holy Spirit desire somebody to be encouraged? Yes. Does the Holy Spirit desire somebody to be built up and rooted and strong? Yes. And every time you participate in that, you're giving of the Spirit. You know that. You're giving life. There's a term that, that's often used, that we speak life to other people. Speak life. What's it mean to speak life? Speak God things. Speak things that are of Him. Speak things that spur people on in the faith. That's speaking life. And that's who we should be together. So, I want you to come to church whenever you show up here, Sundays, Wednesdays, whatever your, your pattern, your habit is. And I want you personally to be encouraged and build up. But don't keep it to yourself. That you are perfect. I'm, I'm not saying, uh, I'm saying, purposely, how are you building others up? How are you purposely doing this? In that, we are fulfilling what it means to be a body of Christ together. Parts that need one another. Right? Isn't that how Paul talks about the church? We're a body, 1 Corinthians 12. I can't, I can't say... If I'm the eye, I can't say the other eye, I don't need you. And I can't say a nose, I don't need you. I can't say to the ear, I don't need you. I can't say the hair, even though I'm losing mine, I don't need you. All right? You, you can't look at any part of the body and say, I don't need you. We're all here together, doing this together. That word together is very important. Amen? They're coming to get somebody. All right? I'm not sure who it is. Probably Mike. I don't know. What'd you do, Mike? <laughs> well, let's pray. You'll stand up on your feet. Here, here's how I'd like to close out today. We're done just a little bit early. But I, I want to close out today for, with praying for people. Now, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I'm in a bit of a struggle, personally. I feel like things are weighing down on me. And it could be, could be a hundred different things. I don't know. But if you find yourself in that place, you're saying, I'm here today and I need encouraged. If you would be so bold 
I'm just going to ask you to come down. I want to pray with you, and Margaret's going to help me pray, but we may ask some people to come and, come and help us pray. Because we want everybody here today, again, to leave encouraged. Okay? So, Chamberlain, if you, Chamberlain, if you come up and, and hit some chords for me, please. I'd appreciate it. Let, let's all just, just for a moment, let's just pray for a minute, and then, then we'll, we'll have those come down that would like some prayer. We praise you today, Jesus, and we worship you, and we thank you, Lord, for being ever-present in our life. The Bible says in Psalm 46 that you are uh, ever-present help in the time of trouble. And, Lord, we do go through things. We experience things. We, we, Lord, we just... Uh, live in this imperfect world, and sometimes it, it, it gets into our life. And in just a moment, as we pray for those that, that are in a time of, of struggle and a time of need, Lord, I just pray that you show up in a very real way. But I pray even beyond that, that, that everybody in the house is encouraged today to know that you are with them, you are for them, you are working for their good, that nothing can ever separate you from his love. That you are everything that you have said that you are. And we thank you for that. So if you, if you would like prayer today, be bold enough to come on down. Just come down with me this morning. Something going on, struggles, it doesn't matter what it is. Could seem maybe minor, maybe something big, I don't know. But, but please make your way down here and so we can spend a, a moment with you in prayer. In Jesus' name. Now, while we're waiting, if you're here today and you, you've never given your life to Jesus and, and you, you don't, you haven't experienced who he really is. Maybe you've heard about him. Maybe it's just, maybe in your idea, there's this religious thing. I don't, I don't know. But Jesus is everything he says he is. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He'll forgive you. He'll give you a fresh start. And he'll help lead you through life. If you've never given your life to him, I, I want to encourage you to do so. It's very simple. It's just asking him to forgive you of your sins. It's just asking him to be your Savior. And the Bible says it's a free gift, and anybody who asks will receive. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He takes you just as you are, okay? So if that's you, I, I, I encourage you at your seat just to do that. Then we're done. Just come on down. I'd, I'd love to talk to you for a minute. We don't make a, a show of that and have you come down. But afterwards, come and see me. I'd love to talk with you for a moment, okay? Anybody, anybody want prayer this morning? If not, I'm assuming we're all good, but... Oh, yeah, come on down. Here we go. Jesus. Anybody else? So if anybody would, if anybody wants to join in, stand behind here and, and gather with us in prayer, come on down. We're going to, as a family of faith, just be together for a couple moments.